0: Well, no place I'd rather be than hanging out with Jesus, hanging out with you. Um, It's been a great day in the Lord today, and I'm excited about what God's going to going to teach you tonight because God's been teaching me a lot about um, this book. Um, we've been going through the book of Daniel. You might remember last week we had um, this amazing dream and we had you know, Nebuchadnezzar as the, the head of gold and we had the Medes and the Persians and we had this amazing statue with all these kind of different metals and we started talking a little bit about um, God's plan over history. And the way that God is sovereign over all things and has control of all things in our life. And then as we jump into chapter 3, we're going to see what does God's sovereignty actually look like in practice. In other words, what does it really look like for us to trust God absolutely and completely? And you see in Daniel chapter 3 an interesting chapter of the book of Daniel. It's the only chapter that doesn't have prophecy ended of some kind, and so a lot of scholars say, Well, well, why did Daniel even include this chapter three? because interesting enough, Daniel is not even in this chapter. Um, daniel was off somewhere in the kingdom, maybe Nebuchadnezzar sent him off on purpose because he knew daniel and daniel 's reaction to the situation we 're going to talk about. Um, We don't know why Daniel is absent, but Daniel writes back about his three friends and their stand for Jesus. And, you know, every time that I sing this song, Set a Fire, uh, down in my soul that I can't contain and that I can't control, I'm just reminded, do I really mean that? Like, think about, just for a second, the words that you sang. Do you really want God to start something in your heart that you can't have control over? Do you really want him to put a love and a desire for God in your life that is going to take over your life? It's going to change the entire direction of your life. Remember, you call me coach because my dream and my aspiration when I sat where you were was to be a head football coach. That was my dream. That's what I went to college for. That's why I played college football, because I could get in with the coaches and get to know people and things of that nature. And and for 17 years, I chased that dream, and, and God called me away from it just at the point that I had an opportunity to be a head football coach. Justice Coach Shelton retired, and I was the offensive coordinator, and I had to answer questions about, are you going to apply for the job? Are you going to do this? No, God's calling me to be a full-time youth minister. And if you're not careful, if you really let God start the fire in your heart, you're going to change the direction of your life. You're going to end up somewhere like Romania on mission. You're going to end up in the workplace changing it for the glory of God. So you got to be careful when you start singing these worship songs because God might actually take you at your word. And I hope that you're ready for that. Because what happens here is that God starts a fire inside of these guys that is not going to be quenched. And so let's look at it. Daniel chapter 3, verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits and his breadth was 6 cubits. Now, let's pause and talk about this so a little because you don't know what a cubit is. A cubit is about a foot and a half or 18 inches. So this um, statue was about 90 feet tall. Right? So if you can imagine the pinnacle, which you can't see because it's painted out black and the lights are kind of bright, the pinnacle of our building is 32 feet. So imagine three times. If you've seen the huge A-frame ladder that we get out, when you climb to the top of it, you're 25 feet. So imagine three or four of those stacked on top of each other. That's the height of this statue. Now, most likely, there was a huge base. In fact, it says here that it was in the plains of Dura. And in the plains of Dura, archaeologists have found this huge um, base of what could have been having a statue on top of it. Did you notice what the statue was made of? It was made of gold. Do you remember what our last week, what the head of the statue was made of? Gold. And you remember in Daniel chapter 2, Daniel said, Nebuchadnezzar, you're that head of gold. And you see, just a little while later, Nebuchadnezzar making an image of himself in gold. Now, why? Why? Because if you remember at the end of chapter 2, um, Nebuchadnezzar fell down at Daniel's feet and said, your God is the only true God because he somehow gave you the ability to know my dream and interpret my dream. And we fast forward about 12 to 20 years, depending on which scholars you want to believe, 12 to 20 years later, all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar is worshiping himself again. There's been rebellion in Babylon. People have started to revolt against him a little bit. And he sets up this statue for worship and for everyone to proclaim that he is the one ruler of Babylon. He is the one true thing that provides protection, that provides guidance, that is going to be their provider. He puts himself in the place of the creator. And Romans 1 warns us about that. Says that we're going to worship carven images of man or birds or other things. And so as we keep going, we notice that King Nebuchadnezzar has kind of lost sight of the one true God and God's going to get his attention. If you're losing sight of the one true God, get ready because God's going to get your attention, okay? Then Nebuchadnezzar sent and gathered the satraps, the prefects, the governors, counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the providences to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And so he brings all of his government officials, he brings all of his magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, his wise men, all of his counselors, he brings them together for them to prove their loyalty to him as the king. Then the satraps, prefects, governors, counselors, treasurers, justices, magistrates, and all the officials of the providence gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar I was supposed to be Nebuchadnezzar, but I got the other ones right, not that one, had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and the herald proclaimed aloud, you are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, that's a triangle, like ding, that's what it is, Um, the harp, the bagpipe, I don't know. We don't know if it's really a bagpipe, but in every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the people heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshiped the golden image that the King, that king Nebuchadnezzar has set up set up now. question you are in the crowd what would you do would you reason it out go well you know what I'm not really bowing to him as God I'm bowing to him as the king and the ruler so it's really just going to be a political statement not a statement of worship would you reason it out and say well I don't really want to have to stand or would you be willing to stand Would you be willing willing to risk your life for your belief that Christ and Jesus is the only true God? You know, it's really easy here sitting in the seats to say yes. But if you put yourself in this situation, everyone around you begins to bow. It's a little bit harder. Therefore... At the time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. Now, that word maliciously accused is kind of like tattletelling, kind of like gossiping, kind of telling. But the actual word that Daniel chooses here is the same word that we would use for the way a piranha would eat you. It's taking portions of your flesh and eating them. That's, That's the word. In other words, you are picking at this person and you're trying to tear them apart bit by bit. Piece by piece and tear them down. That's the word used here for they're maliciously accusing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, all those music things, shall fall down and worship the golden image, and whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the fiery furnace. There are certain Jews among you who you appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O oh king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Now, when you think about this story, many of you picture this behind me. Kevin, can you hit that? You picture Rack, Shack, and Benny. Anybody tail fans out there? Yeah, check this I don't know how many of y'all picture Ragshack and Benny that way um, in this story, but you're going to see um, there's not the childlike insecurity here. There's a confidence in God that we're going to see um, as we look at their answer. And Nebuchadnezzar. Wasn't singing the bunny song. All right. He was ready to tear people apart, limb by limb. And so look at verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered, and he said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do, do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into the fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Do you see Nebuchadnezzar's dare to God at the end of this command? He says, who is the God who would deliver you out of my hands? And you're facing certain death. If you're in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's position, you're facing that. The only thing that you have to hold on to is your trust in God. And so here's my first point that I want you to think about. What is your true character with God? Like when I say character, what is it that you truly believe about God? Because you don't have time in this situation to reason it out and go, hmm, well, I know God helped me this one time. And, oh, yeah, but, you know, he didn't help me this time because my aunt got sick. You don't have time to reason it out. You have time to give an answer to what you truly believe. What is your trust and your character like in God? So what does that mean? For example, um, so when I was in high school, I know I didn't just born this way, and I was in your spot before, and I remember in high school, um, I had all kinds of opportunities um, to fall. I became a Christian when I, my sophomore year of high school, and I remember um, the thing back in the day was to have a beer party, and so they would always have party. Every Friday night after the football game, Saturday night, you could always find a place where someone was partying and hanging out, and I remember um, I had a friend. Her name was Amy Hanna, and she was you know, like one of my best friends, hung out with her all the time, and she wanted to go to a party uh, to like, see this guy and all this kind of stuff, but she didn't want to go alone, Um, and so I said, sure, I'll go with you. Now, I've been blessed to not be uh, tempted with drinking alcohol. My dad one time said it was horse pee, and I believed him, and so I never have even wanted to try it. This looks disgusting. Didn't want to try it, so I've never been tempted by that, Um, and so I went with her to this party, and I remember going with the party. Um, I didn't have any problem, but she started having problems. She started having um, just second doubts about how she was gonna stand for God or whether she was just gonna do the things that everybody else was doing to the party. And I remember the strength of having more than one person there. My, my strength of character was able to help her overcome. We went there for about 20 minutes and we were like, you know, let's go do something else. Because of the way that people began to act and the way they began to treat one another, the, the the true self that began to came out. And it was like, no, I don't want to be a part of that. But see, I didn't have to waver on my decision when I got there. I already had an assurance of who I was and I didn't want to be tempted in that way. I remember in college, um, when you're a college freshman, how many of y'all play sports out there? All right, awesome. I don't know how many, nowadays, hopefully it's getting a little bit less. Um, we used to call it hazing, which is just like a fancy word for bullying, okay? That's all it was. And I remember as a freshman playing football, uh, we had all kinds of things. I remember one time um, we had the freshmen had to put their full pads on, and we had to run two loops around the locker room. If you made two loops, then you got to, um, you got to leave. And the guys would grab their locker bags, they'd put their, their combination lock in there, and they begin to swing them around and just hit you as you were trying to run around. And you, you had to basically survive and not get knocked out or tripped or fall in order to, to make and be in the in crowd. We used to play Izzy Dizzy in full pads and they got the upperclassmen out there just when you're like, whoa, oh, and just get laid out. And, and I had a senior that loved me. His name was Reggie Rivers and he's a Christian on the team and we kind of hit it off. And I remember getting lit up a couple of times and then he said, no, he's mine. And he walked me across the field. And he was a man of character where no one questioned him. Do you have that character? Because guys, a lot of times when you get tested in your faith, you're going to have your friend group around you. Which one of you in your friend group is going to be the one that stand up and say no? Which one in your friend group, when you see this gossip starting, is going to go, no, I know that person. That isn't going to happen. I, I, I don't believe it. Just don't even tell me. Or you see bullying happen in the hallway. You're going to go over and go, man, y'all stop. Come on, come hang out with me. I'll I'll walk you to class. Which one of you is going to be the one to stand up? Or are you all just going to look at each other like, are you going to? Am I going to? And you just all start to bow together because no one's really willing to stand. Now, can I tell you something? I left bleeding from the hazing. I, I had swelling from getting lit up those two times before my friend Reggie came and rescued me you see it always doesn't work out like the movies and you see that right here in their answer i'm looking at verse 16 shadrach meshach and abednego answered and said to the king o nebuchadnezzar we have no need to answer you this in this manner in this matter if this be so our god who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. You see, their faith in God was not dependent on whether God delivered them or not. Your faith in Jesus can't be determined by if God answers your prayer about passing this test you didn't study for. Your, your, God, your belief in God can't be determined upon your circumstances and how your parents treat you or whether you got out of being grounded or whether you got out of this situation that you got yourself into. See, Shadrach, Meshach, minute said this, our God has the power to save us, but if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. I want to be with him. It doesn't matter if God saves me or not. That's not what my faith is determined by. And unfortunately, many of us in this room, we have faith in Jesus based upon how God treats us, not based upon his sacrifice that he already made for you. You understand, Jesus did all that he needs to do for you already. You are completely forgiven. You are completely paid for. You are bought with a price. He's saying, "Just, just honor me. I already bought you. Like like you're not the the mutt left over in the pound. He's already taken you out. He's already loved you. Act like that. Stop being scared in the corner that your new master is going to continue beating you. Get up, walk out, and walk with confidence because God is your protector. And if he doesn't protect you, you know what the option is? You get to be with Jesus. That's the option. You see, do you think that when Rack, Shaq and Benny were delivered through the fire, do you think they had a better belief in God? If you'd have got thrown in the fiery furnace and Jesus showed up and you walked out of the fiery furnace, do you think you would believe more in God after that? Yeah, but do you understand? They had to get thrown into the furnace for their faith to grow. You have to sometimes go through the trial in order for God to show himself. Let, let me show you. Look at the back. Um, as you can imagine, Nebuchadnezzar was not very happy with their answer. So Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury. He was already like furious, and now he's filled with furious. So I don't know what that looks like, but that's like man fit, right? Like he's just so mad. He's just like, I don't know if he's stomping or just turning red and, you know, like. Just, And the expression of his face changed. I love how he puts that detail in there. His face changed. It's like when your parents get mad and they give you the look. Or, I'm just going to be honest, this isn't sexist, but girls, you know how you have the look. And you, like, use it sparingly, I hope. But when you need it, it's always there. And you can just, like, throw it in some guy's like, oh, melting, right, and just... Melts like the Wicked Witch of the West. But anyway, anyway, um, the expression of his face changed. This is Nebuchadnezzar's version of that, okay? And changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times more than what was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. So as I was researching what the furnace might look like, imagine like a railway tunnel. Like if you've ever taken a train or seen a train that goes through like a mountain and you kind of have the arch, that's what most people believe the furnace looked like. So it was kind of an arch way and they walked up and they threw them into the fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks and their tunics and their hats and their other garments and they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace because of the king's orders. Order was urgent, and the fire, furnace was overheated. The flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the fiery furnace. So in case you were just wondering if it was hot really, or maybe it was just, it kind of looked like fire, but it really wasn't hot. And so they just kind of chilled in there, and they just didn't get burnt. The guys that threw them in died throwing them in. These are the mighty warriors of Nebuchadnezzar that he sacrifices out of his fury and his anger. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste and he declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And they answered and they said to the king, true, O king. He answered and he said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. So here's Nebuchadnezzar looking into the furnace. And here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walking around like, hmm, not so bad in here. It's not like my downstairs that has no AC and you're sweating. They're just walking around, chilling out. Jesus, what's up? Giving a little man hug in the middle of the fire. And here's Nebuchadnezzar looking in, astonished. Do you think his face might have changed? Do you think the look of fury might have melted off into this look of astonishment? What is going on? This is not normal. You guys should not be normal. When you're walking around the world, you should know that you're walking with Jesus, and something about you should be different. And then Nebuchadnezzar came near the door of the fiery furnace, not too close because you know he had died like those other guys. And he declared, "Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God." Whoa. Do you see how the story changed? He went from, who's this God that's going to save you now? What God can save you from my fury? Look at all these thousands of people bowing before my image, bowing before the gold, the head of gold that I am. And now it is this to now? Hey, hey, guys, who's that with you? Like Servants of the most high God. All of a sudden, he's humbled. All of a sudden, he's... Readjusted. What is this thing that I'm witnessing? Come out! Uh, come here! Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, the perfects, i can't say them now. I messed them up earlier. The governors, the king's counselors, um, gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men, and the hair of their heads was not singed. The cloaks, their cloaks, were not harmed. No smell of fire. Had come upon them. How many of y'all went to the hot dog thing um, this summer? Y'all went to serve hot dogs. Um, Did y'all get to see the hands of us that were doing the hot dogs? What it's like to put your hand over that fire and have your hair singed by the fire? Do you remember what we smelled like? I smelled like hot dog for like eight hours. That's not. You notice that's not a perfume flavor, hot dog by Chanel, right? They don't. (laughs) They don't sell that. Out there, there's no like burnt smoke smell that you can like spray on you, right? No, you don't like get ready in the morning and then turn on the barbecue pit and lean on it to get ready for the day. You just don't do that because it gets you in your clothes. It gets in there. How many of y'all have been at that campfire that we're talking about earlier? And when you got back in the tent, you're like, right? And you have that smell just soaked in. Here comes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and it's like they were just nowhere. It's like the things that we see that are physical may not be physical when Jesus is around. The things that we fear are going to happen to us melt away when Jesus Christ shows up. And remember, maybe God didn't save them. Maybe God does save them. Maybe God saves you from the trials that you're going through. Maybe he doesn't, but we still trust in God either way. Because our trust is independent upon him showing up. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Let me pause there. Guys, don't offer your bodies up to any other god besides Jesus. Any other idol, don't sacrifice your bodies to sex. That's something that the world is gonna ask you to sacrifice your body to, don't do it. Don't sacrifice your body to drugs or alcohol. Don't sacrifice your body to the things of the world. Choose to honor God with your body because you were bought with a price. Remember, we talked about that earlier, right? Therefore, verse 29, I make a decree, any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon. Do you see how King Nebuchadnezzar is like the super bipolar king of all kings? He's like we God got to rescue you. Get in the fire furnace. The one God, true God, if you don't believe in him, I'm going to rip your limbs off and rip, burn your house down, right? It's like there's just, whoo, whoo, like kill him. No, kill these people that aren't, you know, it's like he's just back and forth and back and forth. And we're going to find out next week what happens to people that live this kind of bipolar life of like love, 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 hate, hate, hate. Wait, wait, switch. Hate, 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 love. And they just go back and forth. It's so many times we can identify with Nebuchadnezzar, can't we? Like we love God and we worship him and we sing on nights like tonight. But then tomorrow morning when the gossip comes into your ear, do you embrace that or do you reject that? Tomorrow morning when that that computer screen is there and no one else is at home, what do you choose to do? Honor God with your body or choose to take the same crazy cycle of sin that we always get into? Man, there's no substitute for your character and what does your character say about your trust in God? That's my challenge for you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to just kind of, you can spread out if you want to. I want you to have a moment. Where's Jacob? Can the band come back up here? I want you just to sit somewhere, right? Close your eyes. If you want to sing the song, you can open them if you don't know the words, all right? And I want you to get a pen. So if you have a pen next to you um, or on the back of the seat, somewhere like that, I want you to grab it. I want to, we're going to sing this song, sing, Sinking Deep, Sorry, I can't talk. Sinking deep. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to grasp onto one of the lyrics, just something that's in the song. And I want you to decide, if I sing this, do I really mean it? In other words, I don't want you to sing any part of the song that you don't really believe in. Because I don't want you to put yourself in a position where you're declaring something that you don't really trust in. Okay? There's leaders all around the place. If you just feel like, man, I need someone to, I want to believe this verse but I can't. Can you pray for me to help do that? I just, gotta, I just wanna just have, spend a few moments with the Lord um, with the song. When it's done, I'm gonna pray for us um, and we'll go to small group time.